This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the channel and welcome back to another edition of the Spurs Chat Podcast, where, of course, we will be discussing this evening Tottenham Hotspur's huge game at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium on Saturday when we face Liverpool in the Premier League. Of course, both teams are unbeaten so far in this league season. It should be a classic game uh, Saturday evening. I've got three very special guests as normal to talk about this preview and get their feelings and thoughts on the season so far. We've got Craig Dearman back with us. Craig, how are you? I'm all good, Chris. Yeah, I'm all good. Um, looking forward to the game tomorrow, which we said off air. It's like we haven't done that for a few years, have we? Looking forward to Liverpool game. So so uh, I think we've got, we have a real chance tomorrow and uh, looking forward to do, uh, discussing it tonight. We've also got channel regular uh, Josh Cowan back with us. Josh, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, Chris. Looking forward to our chat and yeah, very happy to be a Tottenham fan at the moment. I remember saying to you, oh, I'm not enjoying watching Tottenham. I think not too many times, not like a few videos ago, but now I'm really enjoying watching Spurs. So yeah, makes a big change. Good game against Arsenal, happy with that result and looking forward to this uh, game at the weekend, which I'm sure we're going to talk about. And we've also got Matt Jones back with us. Matt, how are you? Yeah, good evening, guys. Yeah. Great to be back and um, yeah, it's nice to see things going in the right direction on the pitch now as well. So yeah, all good. Nice to see so many smiling faces on this podcast, I tell you. Um, I would just like to say that we are live at the moment on YouTube, Facebook and Twitter. Um, you can also get this podcast on all audio platforms as well. And I would just like to take uh, this opportunity to say a huge thank you to everybody who has watched and listened to this uh this show um, and this channel for the last month because we've had a record 4 million views on YouTube in the past month. Right. Unbelievable numbers. Uh, we've also been uh, voted uh, the number one football uh, podcast in South Korea, Sweden and South Africa. Uh, we've been named in the 25 best UK podcast lists on Feedspot. We're in number 19. 
And I'm absolutely delighted to say as well that we are a finalist at this year's Football Content Awards as uh, Best Content. Um, we have now been shortlisted eight times in four years. So thank you so much uh, to everybody for all of your fantastic support. I often get asked as well, how do you become a guest on this channel? Simply email in um, TottenhamFanChris at gmail.com. And if you'd like to come on, then please do so. Please do get in touch. Craig, let's start the show with you. Of course, um, we drew 2-2 at the Emirates against Arsenal last weekend. Your thoughts very quickly on that game, your thoughts on the season so far and how you're feeling, because I'm going to say it again, you know, you and I have recorded many, many podcasts together and uh, there have been some dark times over the last couple of years, but everyone's feeling good again. Yeah, certainly are. And just touching on what you said, Chris, about those numbers, they're astronomical, they're unbelievable. Four million. You just can't comprehend that, can you? So, so it's just staggering numbers, which is, which is brilliant, and all the the things the the channel's up for as well. It's well deserved as well, Chris. May I say? Um, I'm on a high at the moment. Talking about Tottenham, watching Tottenham, it's just great to see us back where we want to be. I know we're not quite there yet, and a lot of work to do. But it's just, the the number one thing for me. What I said the other night when I was on. It's just enjoying watching Tottenham again. You know, actually looking forward to games, the big games, the smaller games, you know, the North London derby. I, I had that buzz back. You know, I woke up Sunday morning and was just absolutely buzzing. Couldn't wait for that game. And like the rest of us, during the game, you want it to end. You want it to be over as quickly as it starts. It's not one of those games you don't, you don't want to finish. But it, it, it's just brilliant to, to have... I know it's a cliche, but have our Tottenham back because I think we're well on the way to getting it, if, if not already. Um, the North London derby was uh, the same emotions that I've always felt. I, I predicted a 2-2 draw, so um, I was quite pleased I got that result right, even though obviously I would have took the win quite happily. Um, really good performance. We didn't, we didn't quit. We didn't give up. We, we got back into it. We wouldn't have done that last season, in fact, when Conte, I think, bought on Emerson Royale, was it? Or so he bought on somebody defensive, didn't he? And it was like, you're, like you're giving up. You're like protecting a, a defeat, essentially. It, it's just totally different. It, it's just so good. So good to watch us again. The players seem to be so much happier walking around with smiles on their faces. It just seems like we've got that family feel back. And I'll tell you what, long may it continue. And this, this guy, Ange, has done wonders. And I just I just hope that we can get a few more through the door in January. The ones he wants out, out the door. And I think we're well on the way to having a much better squad next summer. And hopefully we'll be back in Europe as well. I know I'm getting ahead of myself there, but it's just so easy to talk like that when you've got, the feeling we've all got at the moment and just happy to watch Tottenham again. Craig, do you remember when we had Ali on, a good friend of yours, Celtic fan, um, mm -hmm. just before uh, our Premier League season started, he came on this channel and we asked him many questions, you and I, about Ange Postacoglu. You know, a lot of people had a lot of doubts. We asked him a lot of questions and he kept coming back with all these positive answers and both of us said, well, you know, what are the, what are the bad points about Ange Postacoglu? And he replied with, his jumpers. That's the only bad yeah. thing he could find with Ange Postacoglu. He was—he's—he's he's been right so far, hasn't he? Honestly, he has. The only thing I would say about that is, I thought, from what Ali had told us, he was going to take the cup competitions 
I, will, I hasten to use the word seriously because I, I think he obviously wanted to win, but I think the only block was, was, was making the nine changes. I think most of us appreciate that that was probably a mistake. But if yeah. you're looking at the league and the, the season as a whole, Ali was spot on. In fact, Ali regularly messages me saying, I was right, I was right, I told you, didn't I? I told you, and, he, and he's very keen to come back on. So I think we've got to get him back on, Chris, because I think that would be a good show in itself. But, yeah, he was spot on. We None of us knew anything about Ange Postacoglu, really. Um, and he's just he's, he's just proved people wrong, the, including myself at the start. I was a bit dismissive of it. More for me. He's just been an absolute revelation. Absolutely brilliant manager. Josh, you've also come on this uh, show quite often over the last couple of years when we've been through those dark times. You're enjoying it again, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. We have gone through some absolutely horrible phases where we've just lacked identity, which is what I've said on, on the channel a lot. And now it feels like under Postacogli, we've got that identity back. We we do look like a homogenous side again. We're not splintered into, oh, that's... These are these two players here. They're not good enough, and uh, we've got Harry Kane to kind of dig us out. Now it's an eleven that's out there that I trust as a fan. I feel confident in as a fan that that's my Tottenham, and I can trust every single one of them out there. There's not a certain defender who's going to let us down on the pitch, um, or there's not some player who's the best player on the pitch. I see them all as absolute quality, and that is down not only to Postecoglou but also down to good recruitment. Because I think we've got in some real star players. Like as I said a couple of weeks ago, James Madison, fantastic. Even uh, against Arsenal, getting those two assists and developing that nice bond with Sonny, which is really nice to see. Um, and Sonny as well, incredible in that game against Arsenal, um, which is which is really good to see. Because after he lost Harry Kane, you might have thought Son might have suffered a bit, but they're all thriving out there, Chris. We're all thriving as a fan base. We're all really happy. The smiles are out. I'm really looking forward to watching us against Liverpool. Um, but yeah, this is so, it's, it's such a nice feeling. I kind of forgot what it felt like under Poch. And we would always talk about it, like how, how good it was and, and how it wasn't so good under Conte and Mourinho. And there were moments of, of good, but it feels like we're back. And although it's a bit of a metaphor and you've got our, we've got our Tottenham back, etc., as Craig said, it does feel that way as a fan. And uh, I'm really relishing it, Chris. Josh, what did you make of the Arsenal game last weekend? Because, of course, a number of fans, a number of pundits thought that Arsenal were going to win the game very comfortably. And I think a lot of people are very surprised by Tottenham. Yeah, I think, they, yeah, I think we humbled uh, a certain Paul, Paul Merson. Uh, you said we were going to get absolutely battered. Um, yeah, I, w I watched with my mate Harkiran and my girlfriend, and just really enjoyed it. I, I honestly, I sat there and I thought, "Oh, I'm really, oh, I'm really enjoying this game." I usually absolutely hate the North London derby. It's the one game, apart from Chelsea away, as we all don't like Chelsea away, and hopefully we can break that curse as well under Postecoglou. Uh, it's the one game I really just hate, I, and that I thought found that really enjoyable. How he came back, not once but twice going 1-0 down, making defensive mistake from Romero, coming back in with that Sonny goal, and then going 2-1 down, and then coming back again. And we could have won it, at the, could have won it at, the, at the end with a couple of chances. And I remember a crossing, and if Sonny was there, but he was taken off. Um, but yeah, just it, it, I, felt, I felt confident. 
and I was watching it in my student accommodation and uh, a couple of gooners came in and they were they sat with us with a couple of Tottenham fans that I know and um, and they were saying they were get, they were complimenting Spurs they were saying this is this is not top Spur this is this is a new Tottenham they look dangerous and I feel like hopefully we can give Liverpool a game uh, this weekend and uh, I think I, I think we can do great things under Postacoglu he, he's a great he's a great manager as, as your mate Ali said uh, I've I felt exactly the same as you Craig I thought who is this guy coming in I I don't know what Daniel Levy's doing he's doing the same old cheap option but he's I say what he's proved us all wrong and and that's the that's all you want in a manager it, it's actions speak louder than words Chris and his actions are absolutely they've they've utterly flabbergasted me to be quite honest he's done a fantastic job Matt, let's come to you. Let's talk about the North London derby last weekend. Uh, of course, James Madison has come out midweek and said uh, that you know Spurs aren't Spursy anymore. Um, you know things are, are changing. Do you feel like that? Do you feel really positive right now? Definitely. Um, I think we've got, got to temper it a bit. But six games in, one four drawn two unbeaten. Um, obviously, against the backdrop of losing Kane, Postecoglou's coming in and done. You know, so far, so good. Really encouraging. And for me, so early in the process, I think we expected him to settle in this quickly. Um, and given that, I think we're only going to get stronger. And uh, I think with Madison, he's touched on a point there. I think I think it was Adrian in the comments picked up on it as well. It's For me, it's resilience. It's what we're seeing now. You know, we've gone behind in a few games now and we keep coming back. And what I was really encouraged about against Arsenal is the fact that we carried on playing the same way. You know, there wasn't. We didn't drop back. We we had to withstand the pressure a bit in that first half, um, weathered the storm well, and then second half, obviously that they made a few changes. And I think it was that midfield battle, Basuma, Madison, they all stepped up. And for me, they got control of that midfield, and they show, they're showing a real resilience. Um, so yeah, I can see where he's coming from, and kind of long may it continue. Um, I think with the new players as well, it's worth picking up on that. That's no mean feat. A lot of changes from if you look at the team last year that went to the Emirates, um, they're all establishing themselves very well, very quickly. And it's a young team. Um, and like I said, they're only going to go from strength to strength. There will be blips, um, but it's, it's looking good. It's in the right shape and we're going in the right direction. Are you surprised, though, Matt, how quickly the fans are so on board with Postacoglu? Like after six games... It, it 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 just that that connection just feels incredible so quickly. Yeah. yeah. And I think the results and the performances is it's both, isn't it? It speaks for itself. And I think given how last season played out and the football obviously we've been kind of accustomed to the last couple of years with that kind of low bop defensive football, I think you know the fans are just really embracing it and uh, they're excited, you know. And he's been a breath of fresh air, Postacoglu. He really has. He's open, there's no hidden messages. You can see the players really buying in what he's trying to do, uh, his philosophy. And I think as well, obviously, there's been many kind of sources come out recently where you make a mistake, don't worry, go again, try and keep playing that philosophy. And it's just it's good to see and you can see they're buying into it. And like I say, if we were going to be here six games in unbeaten, snatch your hand off, you know, and I think we're in good shape going into the game tomorrow now. Craig, a number of players have said that they consider him like a dad. It's, uh, and, and he come out in his press conference today and said, practice my jumpers. He, he referenced the jumpers again. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, 
But th this connection, you know, with the new players, like as Matt mentioned there, with all of the new players coming in, it's like all of these players have been at Tottenham for years. They just seem to have fitted in extremely well. Is that all down to Postacoglu? Oh, pretty much, yeah. And, and who's the people who he surrounds himself with. I mean, it just goes to show you that he hasn't got a backroom team. He chooses essentially different people at, at clubs he goes to. So it's the man management. And, and I think that's been sorely missing. Um, especially Conte didn't seem to be much of a man manager for everybody. Some players obviously liked him, but hearing obviously some didn't. And the same with Mourinho. You've only got to listen to the Deli Alley interview um, with Gary Neville when he talked about his issues. It was quite clear he didn't really like Mourinho. Um, and I think he's just done what he does, for want of a better word. He, he, he just treats everybody... How they want to be treated, I suppose, is the, is what I'm saying. You know, he knows when to put an arm around somebody's shoulder, and when they say that you either um, shout at somebody or need an arm around them, I don't, I don't, I just can't see him getting really mentally annoyed and going into one. I think he's probably got a calm demeanour in the in the dressing room, regardless of what's been going on, and he just knows how to speak to people. You know, well, um, Craig, can, can I just say that Sheffield United game? I was right behind the dugout uh, when we got that winner in the 100th minute. And Postacoglu, he was like the calmest person mm. in that stadium. And even yeah. even the subs were trying to celebrate even before the final whistle had gone. And he was saying, you know, calm down, calm down. He was like the calmest person. We've gone from like Antonio Conte from running up and down the, the touchline, screaming and shouting. And I know a lot of fans like that at the time. I did. But we've mm. gone like com com completely full circle of a guy now that is like completely calm and just don't worry about it. We we've not got the three points yet. Yeah, and I think that is a great point to make because when I was watching him during the Fulham game, because he was so unanimated, when you're losing, it's almost like, oh, come on, mate, show us a bit of emotion, do something. But it just goes to show that is what he's like, regardless of when we're losing, drawing or winning. And that, I think that's great. And I love the Conte, but you know, I, Conte, I wasn't his biggest fan, but I did love the passion he showed. But obviously, there's two sides to that, wasn't there? And some of the players didn't like that. So yeah. for me, Andrew's, Andrew's got it spot on, absolutely spot on. And it comes naturally to him. You can't fake that. That That is what he's like, isn't it? And he seems so down to earth. And whether players call him their dad, I, th I think that's a good thing. It can only be a good thing. Uh, and, and I just love him, what he's doing at the club at the moment. Uh, it's just everything's good in the world of sport, isn't it? And, you know, Ryder Cup with six and after one and after the Yanks, mate, got all four points in this morning's session. So what's not to like? Sport's good at the moment. Josh, of course, we face Liverpool on Saturday in the Premier League. Um, how are you feeling ahead of this game? Because... Uh, we very rarely get a win against Liverpool. Um, I'll go through some stats uh, later on in the stream. Um, but, you know, going into this game against Liverpool, many people have said that Spurs haven't faced anyone yet. Of course, we gave Arsenal a real game. We perhaps could have even won it in the last seconds of the game through Richarlison at the Emirates last weekend. But, you know, going into this game against Liverpool, surely this is probably the biggest test yet. Yeah, it is a Big test. And it's a difficult opponent. I mean, they're they're flying at the moment. I was just looking at some of the stats, Chris, and they've scored three goals in 80% of their last like games. This, the, at the beginning of this season, they've played 10 
in all competitions, including a few pre-season. They've scored in eight games, three goals in each game. So they're, they're scoring a lot of goals. And uh, hopefully Romero and Van der Ven and the boys at the back can, can keep them out. Um, I think they're going to be a difficult team to play. They, they've got their quality back. They, like us, I think, went through a bit of a tough period. Um, but they seem to be kind of resurging. They've got a bit of a revival. They're second in the league. Um, I think it's going to be a great game. Uh, hopefully we can bring it to them. Postacoglu is not going to change his, his style. Like We sh- showed against Arsenal. We've had a nice rest this week. I expect them all to be firing on all cylinders, to be fair. I hope it's just like Arsenal. And I think, personally, we always seem to get mugged off by Liverpool. The amount of times we've we've got we've got a draw right in the bag and then they've been jammy in the last minute and Firmino scored or something. He, he, he always used to score against us, but he's gone now. Um, I hope that we can do that to them. That's what I want. I want a, lo- a, 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 like a late winner. Just something to to rub salt in the wound after that awful game at the end of last season where Richarlison, who scored and made it, whatever it was, the the high-scoring game, and then we went and conceded in the last minute. Shocking, that was. I hope we can avenge that and get a result against Liverpool because, if I'm not mistaken, Chris, it's the last time that we beat Liverpool, that 4-1 game. Yes. I remember watching that game on my laptop on holiday and I was like, that's a joke. We've got to change that. That's got, and if if Ange can deliver us a result this weekend, that's big. Getting a result, getting a draw against Arsenal away, which is a very difficult place to go away for us, and then getting a result against Liverpool, that shows us that we're up there and we're fighting for Europe, and that we're we're not just mucking around. Uh, so I hope I hope we can. I think it's going to be difficult, but I believe in them. I feel confident, Chris. I feel really really confident as a fan. And uh, even Liverpool, who, who look dangerous, I think I think we can handle them. And yeah, I'll be I'll be expecting at a minimum. I think with our performance levels, a draw would be a good result. I think a draw, I'll take a draw. Matt, I'm glad that Josh referenced that game back in October 2017, when of course uh, we were building a new stadium. We played Liverpool at Wembley. We beat them four-one, comfortable winners on the day. Um, and when you think what Liverpool have achieved. Um, in the last six years, um, and of course, we haven't won any trophies in that, that period of time. But, I, you know, I think it's fair to say that Spurs were a better team on the day and during that season uh, than Liverpool. And then Liverpool went out with a shopping list and identified the players that they wanted. Uh, Van Dijk, uh, the goalkeeper, uh, other players they went out and bought. Um, and of course, became a very successful team winning trophy after trophy under Klopp. Um, but... Our only win, that one in October 2017, our only win against Liverpool in the most recent 23 games with them in all competitions. We need a win against this lot. Not wrong. Absolutely shocking. Shocking. Um, but, you know, we are in a good place. We are at home. I do feel we are due a bit of luck against them. Um, yes, as Josh says, they're scoring goals. I think... I'm right in saying they've conceded in each game, and I do think their defence can be got at. We do have a, we do have pace in that front line. Um, I think Son, you know, Son tends to get a goal against them, um, so I think we can, they can be got at. And I think for me, what's going to be key is the midfield, the midfield battle, because obviously they're kind of they're refreshed, aren't they? They've almost been going through a bit of a rebuild themselves. And in that midfield, obviously they've got McAllister, they've got the lad that's coming from Leipzig, I think. Um, 
and obviously we've got Madison hopefully playing in there, Basuma and Saar. So I think the midfield battle, that's going to be a key thing, that battle in there. But um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're due a result against them. And um, why not? I think I said before these kind of these run of fixtures, let's see where we are. You know, go, go to Arsenal, try and get something positive from there. And ideally, you can take four points from the end two games. It really shapes us up into a good position the fixtures for October and, and November. But it's going to be tough. It'll be really tough. Um, but as Josh said, you know, Andrew's going to change the way he approaches the game. And we need to go front foot and, and, and take it to him because I do think the defence can be got at, for sure. Matt, of course, you're a season ticket holder at Spurs and, uh, you know, the atmosphere. Talk talk to people about the atmosphere, what it's been like at the Man United home game, the Sheffield United home game, you know, particularly when those last two goals went in uh, to win the game. Um, the atmosphere has been incredible since Postacoglu has arrived as well. It, it, yeah, our fans are just outstanding, home and away. Um, but, yeah, that's been that's been massively no sport at the, at the, at the ground. And uh, for me, so that Man United game, you know, really what the passion was there, it felt united. And to, for me, it's really the best atmosphere since we had Arsenal at home uh, that night, um, going back a couple of seasons. So Man United, Sheffield United, which we got really behind them and, and got that injury time winner. And that was just electric. And I think fans need to, you know, will play their part tomorrow. And I think, you know, can push them, can really push them. And it's just, it's just great to have that atmosphere back, Chris, you know, because it has been tough, certainly last season. Um yeah, I've not heard the stadium like that since the Arsenal game, uh, going back two seasons ago now. Yeah. Craig, let's come to you. Um, Liverpool are on a 17-game unbeaten run in the Premier League, dating back to April, winning 12 and drawing five. Seven uh, consecutive victories in all competitions, scoring 20 goals, but only keeping one clean sheet. Klopp's side have conceded first goal in each of their past three away games, but have come back to win all matches. Mm. Yeah, it seems a familiar story, that does, doesn't it? It's, uh, you get in front against Liverpool, you can't take anything for granted. And I th- that's why I think it's going to be a good game, because... Matt, Matt was so right with what he said. I think you can get at them. I think they're going to give you a chance. I think you can get in behind them. They're going to come at us. We're going to go at them. Um, I, I thought the North London derby was a cracking game to watch. You know, you know, if it was a neutral watching that, I, I reckon that was really cracking game to watch when you've got no dog in the fight, so to speak. I think this Liverpool game is going to even be even better. Um, they don't lie down. We don't lie down now. We know that. And the midfield could be where the game is won or lost. And I... I I, I just think if we can get an early goal, because we, have st- we haven't started fast, have we, really? It would be lovely to see us start fast. Um, we were up against it, the Emirates last week, uh, early doors. They, they, they really did come at us and we grew into the game. I think with, with Liverpool, they can go a couple of goals up so quick with Mo Salah. You know, dangerous, dangerous players. And if they, we can't concede early, I don't think, because if, if you give... Yeah, live we have a foot in the door, they're gonna they're just gonna steamroll you sometimes. But if we can fight back against them and push up the pitch and get a bit higher up the pitch ideally than we did against Arsenal in the first uh, first twenty minutes of last week, I think we got a real chance, to be honest. Um I know the yellow card to a doggy didn't help. Um but I thought to be honest, he 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 showed immense maturity coming through that. I did worry when he got the card. I, I just I thought he was outstanding. You know, the way he played after that. Didn't shirk any challenges. 
Um, I thought it was fantastic. And we, like I say last week, we would have rolled over. We don't roll over anymore. I think even if Liverpool do get a goal, we will come back at them. Mm. You know, and we've all got to be patient. And Because um, Ange, Ange trusted in it. The um, the game the other week where there was 10, 12 minutes of added time. Was it Sheffield United, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, unbelievable. I thought that game was gone. I thought we was going to get a draw. I, did, I just couldn't see us winning it. And what, what a way to end the game. So, look, when he said, and again, harping back on what Ali said, we never stop was what he said. He said it a number of times. And that is us. We never stop. And you go right till that final whistle. He said the other week, didn't he? Half hour, bring it on, mate. You know, he don't care. Our players are so fit now. And it's so good to see. Well, Tottenham have claimed eight points from losing positions this season, bettered only by Liverpool, uh, which is nine. And uh, talking about Postacoglu's home record, Craig, uh, Postacoglu is unbeaten in all 40 league home matches in charge of Celtic and Spurs, winning 35 and drawing five. That's an incredible record, Josh, isn't it? That is incredible. Like that's what a record. It seems like a game of records. All these unbeaten streaks and lots of goals being scored. I just can't predict it, Chris, what's gonna happen. But Posta Coglu, if he, he's won so many home games, he's got a spirit as as Matt said, the stadium's rocking, the fans are gonna be behind the team, it's gonna be an electric atmosphere. I'm very jealous I haven't got tickets. Uh unfortunately it's a train strike. Um, but yeah, I, I think hopefully if the if the stadium can get behind the boys and we and we start well, we'll weather the storm. Even if Liverpool come at us, um, Postecoglou can deliver the goods. I, I I believe I believe in him, and I think I, although he does look calm on the touch lines and he, he looks calm as well in like the BBC interviews on Match of the Day and Sky Sports, etc. He doesn't really look at the camera much in these interviews. However, I've seen some behind-the-scenes footage from his time as Australian manager in Celtic, and he can be very direct, doesn't take any rubbish. It may be the best way to put it. Uh, I feel like even if we... Isn't that the best way to be? I agree, I agree, Chris. I don't I don't think Conte prancing up and down the the, the kind of touchline is, is it, was, was incredible, thinking about it now. At the time, yeah, it was, it was like, oh, passion. Show some more passion, more energy, kind of thing. Um, but Postacoglu is exactly the man we need, and I think I hope we can get a result this weekend. And uh, and I'm sure he's planned it all out. As I said, they've had lots of time. One of the benefits for us not having any European football is he's got lots of time midweek to kind of train these boys and get them ready for these weekend games. And uh, like we said, the only thing that's kind of gone wrong is getting knocked out of the Carabao Cup which is a bit of a shame. Uh, but again, that just provides us with even more focus on the Premier League. And we should be looking to finish as high as we can. And hopefully that will be in the top four and we can get back into into Champions League. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think yeah, it's going to be a great game, Chris. It's going, to be, it's going to be a cracker. And I agree with everything that Craig said. I think it's going to be even better than that Arsenal game. And I'm sure the, the neutral will be watching it on television if it's, if it's being broadcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It is. It is live on Sky Sports, I think. Um, Matt, let's come to you. Um, now, the team news, um, Ange Postacoglu said in his press conference on Friday that Brennan Johnson is out of this game. Uh, so, of course, he will have to make at least one change to the starting eleven uh, that started against Arsenal last weekend. Um, who... He's going to replace Brennan Johnson for you. Solomon, uh, would it be Richarlison? Because, of course, I I often think that would Richarlison, would he have been a little bit disappointed last weekend not starting that Arsenal game, particularly after the, the 20 minutes that he had against Sheffield United, uh, having that huge impact in that game, uh, providing assist and, of course, scoring a goal? Yeah, he's, I, I think it will be Solomon. Um personally, but he may mix it up. Um, I, I hope he goes with Richardson. He'll be fired up for Liverpool. Um, and obviously got his goal there at Anfield last season, didn't he? So, yeah. interesting to see, but I, th- I think it'd be unchanged by Solomon coming in for Johnson. Yeah. But we'll see. I, I think it's, it's going to be an interesting game and uh, I think it'd be expansive. It will be open. It'd be end-to-end. Uh, I think we've just got to be wary at the at the back end with their front three, because I think he'll probably start with Salah, Nunes, and um, with the other chap up front, won't he? So he's Diaz, you know, and Diaz is a live wire. So it's going to be interesting to see how we can kind of counter that. But I think, it, like I maintain, it comes down to that midfield battle. Got to win that and got to get control of the midfield. Craig and Josh, can I ask you that same question? Who you, who you think will replace Brennan Johnson? It's a tough one. Um, you could put either in on the left. If you, it dep- all depends, really, if he wants to keep Sonny through the middle, I think, depending on Richarlison. Because he's, he's, he likes people to be able to play in all three different positions. And I would argue that all of them can. All of our front, front three can. I've never seen Kulishevsky right up top. But um, I, if you're going to... Mm, I wouldn't be surprised to see Richarlison come in, to be honest, whether that be on the left and Sonny through the middle. I I think he'll, he'll just get the nod over Solomon, but really, it could, it could be either, to be honest. Sure, surely, though, Craig, Son is, is uh, through the centre all day long now. Surely Son's not going to go out ever, ever go out to the left again. He should be, and he's, he's you know, he's staking a claim for, for that... Number nine slot, if you like. I mean, I don't know who is the top scorer in the Premier League at the moment. Son must be up there, mustn't he? Um, he's second. He's second. Harlan's Harlan's obviously first. Uh, what a surprise! Um, yeah, to have a player like him, my God, well. Um, but yeah, you're right. He's banging in the goals again. So, as a manager, you would probably stick with that. But bringing Richarlison and Richarlison in on the left or Solomon, I think you'd probably go with Richarlison, probably for the reasons um, that Matt said, that he got his goal at Liverpool, and, you know, coming from Everton, I think that probably that would fire him up even more. So, so yeah, I'll go with Richarlison. 
Josh, what do you think? I, I've got an opposite view. I think, although I wouldn't mind seeing Richardson, I don't mind who plays. I just think Ange does like to start Solomon, and he has been starting him and and mm. bring him and bring him off the bench in the last couple of games. Um, I I don't see Sonny being changed as you guys said. Like he's he's been fantastic as a nine up front, um, and obviously wasn't very effective on the wing for quite a long time. Uh, so yeah, I think I think. I wouldn't be surprised seeing Solomon on the on the lineup sheet, um, but I wouldn't mind seeing Richardson in there. I, I think he'll do a great job. He's got he's, he has got that that fire in his belly, and obviously the Everton connection. He'll be fired up, and and he wants to be starting, and he wants to be scoring goals, especially after he obviously he said he was very like kind of upset, and there was a bit of talk about mental health with Ange. It'll be good for him to get another goal. Um, and he obviously needs to keep in the Brazilian national team. I think he got called up again. But if he's not starting, they will probably drop him. So I can I can feel that he probably wants to be starting and, and scoring lots of goals. And we've just got to get behind him. Because I think he is a talented footballer and he was fantastic at the World Cup. And he has got, he's got something inside of him. He's got, he's a special player. But I think he just needs to kind of let loose a bit, relax a bit. And if there's one man who can who can help him do that, it's Postacoglu. And whoever starts, they've got our full support at the end of the day. I don't think one player or the other, I'm going to be upset. if we, I'm not going to be like, oh, why is he playing uh, like we were in the past kind of thing. So, yeah, whoever starts, they've got our support and I'm sure they'll do a fantastic job. Matt, are you surprised on how well Hunmin Son has done um, in that central position under Postacoglu this season so far? Not really. Um, no, I think it wasn't working at the beginning, was it, out on the left? I think, actually, I think with Kane moving out, obviously, unfortunately, moving on, I think he's given him a lift, lift of confidence. Obviously, being captain as well, he feels that kind of sense of responsibility. And let's not forget, he's not carrying what he was carrying last season in terms of injuries. Mm. So, yeah, I think for him, it's given a new lease of life. And um, I think as Craig rightly says, I think he's, he's kind of nailing that position down. You know, and uh, it's looking effective. And that's what I liked last week at Arsenal. You know, it's in the past, he's perhaps snatched the chances, but very calm, very collective for both goals, very clinical. Um, where you see lots of Jesus could have put them 2-0 up, snatched at it. And that's kind of where I think Richarlison kind of is at the moment. Um, but no, for, for Son, I think he, he's found his position there and um, I think he needs to stay there. Craig, let's come to you. Um, of course, James Madison and Hunmin Son um, have trained uh, as confirmed by um, Ange Postacoglu today in the press conference. Hopefully, them two will start against Liverpool on Saturday. Uh, team news for Liverpool. Um, Trent Alexander-Arnold is fit again after missing four games with a hamstring problem. Um, Craig, what have you made of Liverpool so far this season? And uh, how far can they go this season? Because, of course, they had their struggles last season. Yeah. Um, oh, that's a bit of a blow, Trent being back, to be honest with you, because I think he's a fantastic player. So I'd have preferred yeah. him to be missing for another week. Um, you're, you're right. They're, they're, they have had struggles and Van Dijk hasn't looked like the same player he was since his ACL, to be honest. Um, as I said earlier, I think we can get at them. Um, they've, they've done well to this point. They've kind of gone under the radar because they've had such that drop-off. People, the pundits haven't really been talking about them as, as often, have they? But... They are a top four side. Um, I think they got me looking to get back in to the top four. Um, 
I don't think they'll be looking any lower than that. I think they are. Um, see, that's how, that's how competitive that is, isn't it? You know, City, Liverpool, us. I'm going to throw us in the mix. Um, Arsenal, um, United, Chelsea aren't doing particularly well. <laughs> Never mind. Um, but you know, it, it is what it is. You, you know, you, you can only what's the what's the old cliche? You can only play the hand you dealt, and you can only play who's in front of you. And uh, Liverpool have just been doing that consistently, same as us this season. They've got the points in the bag. And I think they're, they're getting back to looking like a much more solid team. And Mo Salah has always scared the life out of me. I think he's a cracking player. I think Nunes was actually the clocked at the fastest player in the Premier League last year. I'd love to see a foot race between him and Mickey van der Ven. Because I think Mickey van der Ven is probably up there speed-wise. So I think that's going to be a good battle. Um They've got danger all over the park, Liverpool. We, we, we've, as I say, but, and I'll make you completely right, Matt. It's going to be a midfield battle, though, for me. I think Madison's going to have to take the, the ball by the horns and take control of that because um, if he's slipping those balls through, I think Sonny's got the pace on Van Dijk. There was a, there was a point when there was a stat when nobody had dribbled, dribbled past Van Dijk for, for like a certain number of games. I think it's probably not the same thing now but he's still a quality defender so you know we're going to have our work cut out but I think they're there for the taking to be honest Josh similar question to you what have you made of Liverpool so far this season how far do you think that they can go I think they've been impressive I've watched, I've watched a little bit I'm obviously not watching so much Liverpool more Tottenham um, yeah. but yeah I think they've been impressive my mate's a Liverpool fan he seems very happy uh, they're, 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 I think Matt mentioned this new boy from uh, RB Leipzig. Shab- I can't mm-hmm. say his name. Shabozlai, is it? He's apparently playing really well. He looks like a he looks like a really good player. Uh, poor, sorry about the pronunciation. I mean, it's quite difficult to pronounce like <laughs> Hungarian names. It's really difficult. Um, but yeah, I think they look dangerous. They've done some nice recruitment. I haven't seen much of McAllister. I thought he was great at Brighton and for Argentina. I haven't seen him too much of him in a in a Liverpool shirt personally. Mm. I don't know if the other chaps in the stream yeah. have. He's he's been playing. He's a good player. Good player for them, yeah. definitely. They've got a lot of danger, as Craig said as well. When you've got Mohamed Salah, it's like having Harry Kane in your team, isn't it? You've got a quality player who's been there for years. You know what he's got in the locker, and you've got to. You, you almost a bit like when we used to have Harry Kane. I know we've got to move on, but it's like you you know they've got that quality. They've got a bit of an insurance policy in, in Mohamed Salah because he's just got such quality. Um, so yeah, we've got to be right on the on top of our game. But as I said, Chris, those four at the back remind me of when we used to have uh, Danny Rose, Carl Walker, Jan, and Toby. Honestly, I feel so confident. Like you, doggy, absolutely fantastic against Arsenal. I don't think we've had yeah. a wing back like him, and he's so young as well. He's mm. only going to get better, and he just oozes class. He's he's absolutely fantastic going forward, defending. I thought he put Saka in his, like in his pocket for quite a lot a lot of the game, um, and obviously Pedro Porro as well. I think he's been really good, really gone under the radar as well. But a lot of people thought he wasn't going to fit in the system. Of Angie he didn't start a few of the first games, but I think he's been really good. I think he's been he's done very well. And then the two boys at the back, obviously Romero got unlucky, very unlucky with those two mistakes. One being, I don't think there's much he could have done about the handball. 
that's just it was so close to him and there was obviously debate over whether it was a penalty or not i think it was a penalty uh they're going to be given these days that's unlucky i don't know about the first one where he kind of need it in and it was an own goal i don't know what you can do there you can see what he's trying to do as a defender trying to clear the ball but again unlucky i think i wouldn't criticize him for it it's not like he's he does that every week uh and then mickey van der ven as you said he's come in and been absolutely fantastic He's literally, I would literally class him. He's up there with being one of the best centre backs in the Prem, alongside the likes of Romero, uh, etc., and and other other players from other clubs. Uh, but he's he's brilliant, and I've got confidence in this back four. And even if the, if Liverpool throw Shabozalai and and whoever else you can't pronounce at us, I think we're uh, we'll be able to deal with them. To be fair, and like I think Matt said as well. They've conceded in every one of their games. So we're definitely probably going to get at them. We're going to score goals. We've just got to be defensively solid. And I, I trust that defence to, to do their job. Well, talking about Mo Salah, um, he's been directly involved in 15 goals in his past 12 Premier League appearances, scoring six and assisting nine. And if Salah assists in this game against Spurs, he will become the first ever player in the Premier League to register an assist in six consecutive Premier League away games. Um, Matt, let's come to you. Um, Jurgen Klopp today in his press conference said that Ange seems to be a top bloke. Arteta last week said, I really like Ange. Are you used to all of these opposition managers liking our manager? Unheard of, isn't it? Eh? Absolutely unheard of. But it's good. And it's good recognition on him. He's just a, he's a good guy and he's a good human being. And um, yeah, it's nice for us to be you know, getting some kind of praise for our manager. Um and he's, he's just, like I say, he's been a breath of fresh air, Ange. And um, I, I like his demeanour. I, I think what was really noticeable going back to the Arsenal game for me was, you see Arteta, so emotional. You know, he's jumping around the whole way through. Ange is just calm, collected. Um, and that, that I think that helps the players, to be honest with you. Um, so, yeah, welcome, Chris, is what I would say. He makes a change. Um, but... Yeah, you've just got to see how we go for the rest of the seasons because there are going to be some blips, I'm sure, along the road. Yeah. If you think back over the years, Matt, you had Nuno pretty much standing there stroking his beard. You had Antonio Conte running up and down the touchline, you know, going mad sometimes. You now got yeah. Ange being completely uh, calm about everything. What what mm. what do you what do you want to see as a fan from our from our head coach? What do you want to see? You do want to see that measured approach, definitely. You want that calmness, but I think like the Sheffield United game or you pegging Arsenal back in the North London derby, that's you want to see a bit of passion then. I think that's okay. We want to see that. Um, and I think, Craig, you touched on it a bit, kind of when we went behind at Fulham, sometimes a rocket doesn't hurt them um, if mm. they need it. But yeah, I think a mix of the two. I mean, Conte, I did love Conte's passion. Um, but yeah, uh, I think you want to be kind of where kind of Ange is. And like I say, I think with a young team, that's what they need right now as well. He's, he's like you say, they see him as a dad. It's an arm around the shoulder. Uh, and I'm sure he'll tell him how it is, but he'll keep that within the changing room. Some need to kick up the backside, but I think he is exactly what we need right now. And um, yeah, I've just been so encouraged because I, I genuinely didn't see it kind of panning out like this at the start. I thought it could be a few bumps, a bit like his time at Celtic, you know. I think there's a few games there until he kind of got going, but so far, so good. Matt, I was extremely disappointed when we went out of the Carabao Cup against Fulham. Yeah. Um, but do you think in some ways it has done us a favour in some of these games now by, um, you know, players being rested, having a, a week of complete 
you know, normal training, not going to Carabao Cup games. You know, James Madison and Hunmin Son, you know, the last couple of games, even Postacoglu said after the Arsenal game, they were struggling mm. before the match. Um, they've been struggling this week. Um, hopefully they will play in the Liverpool game. But um, I think injuries at some point may catch up with us. Um, do you think that we've got enough depth to go forward? Because Craig mentioned there a number of teams, uh, you know, going for the top four. And I must admit, you know, let me say this. Um, before the season started, I thought the Spurs had no chance of getting anywhere near the top four. Yes, we've started the season really well. And although I want to get carried away, I'm not getting carried away because I just do worry about the injuries. Because one or two injuries to key players here could be a disaster for us. Yeah. Yeah, I make you right. And I think when I was on a previous pod, I think for me, I was thinking top top five, I think that would be a good season for us. But already the way it's kind of panning out, Man United have been out of sorts. And obviously Chelsea didn't necessarily see them going the way they've gone. So they've, they've obviously now got a, a gap to bridge. But yeah, I think the depth is a concern. I think for us, it's key almost getting through that Christmas period now up to the January window. Um, if we can kind of avoid injuries. My real concern is obviously in that backline. If we lose Van der Ven or Romero uh, to kind of any lengthy injury or Madison, um, real concern. I think obviously Benton Cure will be coming back in, which is obviously going to hopefully will still be the same player because let's be honest, if we get that Benton Cure back, that's adding some real quality back into the midfield and depth. Mm-hmm. Um, we've obviously got Saar, we've got Skip. So this, I think the midfield's okay. Um, it's that back line that really causes me concern. Um, so I think we've really got to try and get to that January window um, without any major injuries and then go again, try and strengthen. Uh, and as Andrew's already said, it's going to probably be two or three windows before he really gets his squad where he wants it, his players. Um, but yeah, I think coming back to your question around the Carabao Cup, I was really, really disappointed that night um, coming home from Craven Cottage. Uh, you know, it was not the, the changes that was of a surprise and I think like all fans I wanted us to give that a go um, and it's not so many games to get to the final given our squad and how things are panning out now with the rest of the league may well kind of play into our favour and I think where we are and having as I think Josh you were saying obviously given that week preparation for each fixture really gives the guys time to figure out their tactics how they're going to shape up against the opposition and, and really go and attack week in week out Craig, let's come to you. Um, the referee for the Spurs-Liverpool game will be Simon Hooper. His assistants will be Adrian Holmes and Simon Long. The fourth official will be Michael Oliver. VAR, Darren England, and his assistant will be Dan Cook. What did you make of the referee last week against uh, Arsenal in the North London derby? Because uh, the fans around me at the Emirates uh, were far from happy with his performance. Yeah, I don't, I don't blame him. I felt exactly the same. I can't really add to that. I, do, I just thought it was very poor performance from a referee that should have you should have had a, uh, a top-notch referee in charge of that game. And and he got so much wrong. Um, he, he was, you know, he, he could have spoiled the game, couldn't it? Um, there was a... What, how on earth... I, I'm sure we spoke about it before, but how on earth was that not a red card on Vicario? You know, that Jesus tackle, that was yeah. a leg breaker. That was what, and they, they've admitted as such that that should have been a red. I think it was, was it, who's the guy on Sky that looks at it and says it should have been a red? The uh, Mike Dean, and it, mm. he said it should have been a red. So there was just so. How can so you forget him? 
Yeah, yeah, how can I forget him? Like, he did us a favour once, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he, he's quite a good ref for us. Um, but the the um, the handball. I mean, what, what what do you guys think? Was that handball? Do you think it was handball? By the letter of the law, it was. And if it was up the other end, we would have been yeah. shouting and screaming if it hadn't been given against us. I know I would have been. But, I think technically, yeah. You know, was, how many handballs hand are deliberate? Yeah, if you want to say it was, oh, it should only be for deliberate. How many times do you see somebody deliberately handball it? But there's no common sense now, Craig. Is there with, no, with, with, no. with this handball? If, if it's handball, if it, if it's if it's hit the hand, no matter what the reason is, it's handball. That that's the rule. Mm. Yeah, I don't know how. I don't know what you do. I don't. I don't know what the answer is because I, I seem to think you know we always had it's subjective handball. It always has been, but we never mm. had these conversations years ago. To be you might say, oh, that should never have been handball. But perhaps yeah. that's because we get so many video replays and we've got VAR now. And because everybody's got an opinion, you, you know, perhaps that, that's why. I don't know. I don't know what the rule should be with handball because I actually don't know what the rule is now, if I'm honest. Craig, I... Pastor Coglu said the same. I, you know what? I've, I've said this before as well. There's a lack of transparency with VAR, especially with a lot of the fan. Like we don't know what rule is what now because <clears throat> yeah. nothing really makes sense and there's no common sense and everything's mm. kind of. You've got the European handball law, in, which is going to be different in the Champions League, and then you like things get given in the Champions League that don't get given in the Prem. Uh, what there needs to be is a bit like in cricket with DRS, where you have an official who comes on onto the screen or whatever. It doesn't have to be just an audio and it'll say, look, we're looking at this decision. This is what we're looking at. This is our decision. It's a handball. Tell the law, say why they've given it. 10 seconds. It should, it should be really quick. It works really well in cricket, for example, with the decision referral system. VAR is so untransparent, even now when they've tried to kind of make it a bit more mm. uh, a bit more like it was so opaque before but they've improved it a little bit but they've got to go further they've got to be way more radical i think with var and yeah. i just think the referees are still getting away with with shockers and that red card on vicario that is one of the worst challenges i've seen that i think he didn't even get booked for it i don't think or did he i'm not sure but that i think he got booked i think he got, I think booked. He got a yellow didn't yeah. he i think was it it, it was reckless. That challenge was absolutely reckless for me. That one on Vicario. Shocking. It's a red. I think with the VAR, I think almost the technology is not the issue. It's the people using it. Uh, that's what gets me. And when you're getting these decisions that with that penalty, talking nearly three minutes to come to a decision, and it just can't mm. be right. And then they kind of then bat it back to the referee. You go to the monitor. So yeah. he's then backed into a corner. It's just, it just doesn't work for me uh, as it is. And like you say, Craig and Josh, no transparency around it. You don't really know what is handball. And shoes on the other foot. If that happened to us, we'd be screaming for a penalty. Admittedly, I just mm. think it's it's the fact that they take so long to come to a conclusion on it. And if you're having that long a deliberation on it, it's clearly not working, is it? You've got to question that. When, when people go into stadiums to watch rugby, um, they can they can get the headphones and listen to the referees and what they're saying. And of course, you hear that a lot on the TV as well. Would, would you like to? hear what the referees are saying if, if you had the chance to have the earphones in in the stadium to hear the referee would you like to do that matt i would i'm not so sure it'd be a good idea that but uh, yeah i think it would because it would give you a uh, better understanding of what's going on and it's that transparency piece right you, you understand that why they're doing what they're doing and making the decisions they're making well at the moment 
haven't got a clue, even if you're watching on telly or if you're in the stadium, there's the discussion behind, you just don't know what's going on. Um, yeah, and it should be clear and obvious errors, right? So if they're clear and obvious errors, they should be taking two, three, four, five minutes to come to a decision. Um, it needs to be looked at, definitely. There should um, be, Matt, but, Matt, but, funny you say that, right? Mm. I think, I've always said this, they need to put a time limit on any decision. And, it, and if it come, if that time yeah. limit elapses, you go with the on-field decision. And that's yeah. it. And that, that way, regardless of how bad or yeah. everybody knows what's going on. And I think they should show on screens around around the football grounds what we see at home when we watch it on the telly. Because, yeah. uh, and I get it that Old Trafford and Liverpool, bizarrely, are the only two stadiums that haven't got big screens, if you can believe no. that. But, you know, they get them put in then. You know, I'm sure they can afford it. Doesn't it seem funny, though, Craig, the fact that when VAR come in, it was all about clear and obvious, but nothing seems to be now clear and obvious. It's it's gone completely out the window. Yeah, but what does that mean exactly? You're 100% right. What does that mean? A clear and obvious error? A a clear and obvious error... A fast decision. Yeah, it's a fast decision, but a clear and obvious error is that the Jesus tackle could have broken Vicario's leg. Therefore, it's serious foul play and he should have got sent off. That was a clear and obvious error. It couldn't be any more clear and obvious, you know? Do, do, do you worry, though? Because I don't know whether you've seen the clip of uh, Manchester United when they played Wolves and Wolves should have had a penalty. Onana yes. um, come out and clattered the player. Yes. And they, they justified that that was not a penalty. Does that worry yeah, I watched you? It. Yeah, I watched yes. it on Sky was doing a thing where they it was a ref watch or something or VAR watch, I can't remember. Uh, I think the um, the head referee was on it, and I can't remember his name. Big boat, bald head, not me, before anybody says anything. Um, Simbad he was on Brookside. <laughs> so he was, um, he was on there. And you're right. Now, that he completely poleaxed the bloke. He could have knocked him out, couldn't he? Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. it, it's, it's unbelievable that, you know, when you, I mean, that, that one, the Vicario one, I look back on that and I thought, well, that's a red. He's a gone red. there. Ah. And then you think, you, well, you know, he's one of those decisions where you look on in shock and you think, ah, in the name of Christ, can they not give that? And it's not just us. There's been decisions all season. Like that that was just particularly bad, though, that one. That was particularly was. bad, that one. Wasn't it? He, he was totally out of control, late. It was, it was reckless. Um, yeah. Yeah, and if I think if he got injured and been cropped at him, well, then they may have looked at it a bit more. But yeah, so I don't know how that wasn't a red because um, he, he was absolutely out of control when he when he made contact. Mm. Craig, want to come back to you? Um, lastly, I want to talk about the defence. Um, of course, you've got Van der Ven and Romero in the middle. Um, your doggy on the left, and either Poro or Emerson on the right. Um, do you think that Emerson is going to get many games this season or do you think that the number one choice is Pedro Porro? And in a game like this against Liverpool, who should start on the right side? Yeah, that's a good question. I think Porro's got the shirt at the moment, if I'm honest, because he's been putting in some good performances. And I think it will remain that way until he has a couple of stinkers. Um, I think Porro will get the nod tomorrow, bluntly, against Liverpool. Uh, as much as Emerson Real has improved so much... You know, on here, we we used to have many conversations about Emerson Royale. You know, I was, you did. I was, you I did. was one of the yeah, he's up there for me. Um, got a signed picture of him as well. So, you know, he's, he's the GOAT, let's face it. But no, I do, I do love Emerson. Um, 
but Borough's got the shirt at the moment and he's got to get that back. How do you get that back? By getting game time and he doesn't really seem to be getting the, the chances. So look, there's that argument, don't never change a winning team. I know we drew last week, but we're obviously forced into a change with, with Johnson. But I just think he'll go with the same back four. I think it's all about partnerships and I think uh, Poro will get the nod tomorrow. Um, yeah, tomorrow, yeah. Josh, it does seem that the, the team just almost picks itself now. You know, apart from an injury, the team just picks itself, doesn't it? Yeah, they've all got quality. That's the thing. They're, they're all they're all absolutely fantastic players. And like I said earlier, with you, Doggy picks himself. Poro being fantastic, you're not going to change those two centre backs midfield again. You can't drop any of them. None of no one can really be dropped. They're they've all been performing superbly well. Um, it's just, it makes such a change from where we used to kind of muck around with the defence. Like, I remember Conte and Mourinho chucking Sanchez in and then Dyer would come in and there was no consistency. The, it, there was, it was never homogenous. And now we feel like a like a site. We've grown into a site literally within six games or whatever, which is absolutely mental. This side has just grown into one. And um, it's really important that it stays that way. And I agree with what you said earlier. With If injuries come along, what impact is that going to have on the eleven as a whole? Uh, and I want to shout out as well, Vicario. I think that's a really big position. Obviously, losing Hugo Lloris. Yeah. And that's been coming for a while because obviously Forster played quite a lot last year. And it all went downhill with Lloris with that game in Newcastle and conceding six goals, etc. And yeah. it's a very sad end to his Tottenham career because he's been a fantastic servant for the club. Um, but Vicaro's just come in and I wasn't sure about him. A lot of people weren't sure about him. A bit like Poster Coglu in pre-season, he looked a bit rash. First couple of games, he looked a bit nervous. He's He's solid. He's, he's really established himself and even people from fans from other teams have also started saying, and that's a sign when you get fans from other, other teams noticing that he's actually got some quality in, in him and he, he looks like a, he's a great shot stopper and he, and he, and he's an acrobatic goalkeeper and he's quite big and he's been fantastic, Chris. And I think he's actually, he's really decent keeper. And I don't think he made really any terrible mistakes against Arsenal. I think he did pretty well. And there was, there was a save he made where he got down. Uh, I think it was to his right hand side in the second half that Arsenal had this really good shot and he made a great save. Um, so yeah, I've been really impressed. And I think a lot stems from the goalkeeper when you're in a defense and the way that we're playing at the back, that I think he deserves quite a lot of credit. Like he picked up Certainly. Romero, didn't he? After Romero scored an own goal, he picked him up, and he he, he he's already got that kind of leadership presence. I'm really happy. I'm I'm very happy, and and I think hopefully this weekend he can do the same job again, and and we'll we'll be all right. The way he celebrates goals as well, it means a lot to him and the team. Um, Josh, do you find these podcasts a lot easier when we're doing well? Yeah, it's it's difficult to be negative all the time. Like, I remember coming on, I remember some of those podcasts we did in lockdown and, and when it was behind closed doors and we it was just very negative and when all these managers are being sacked and it's difficult. It's, I mean, that's not Tottenham. That's not what I associated when I used to watch Tottenham with my granddad in, in the living room um, when I was a bit younger um, under Poch and... and before that, and it's just not what I associated with Tottenham. It felt abnormal, and, and as Daniel Levy said, we in when they did that fan forum kind of thing, 
there's been mistakes with with management and people were lying behind his back and there's all sorts of skullduggery's been going on. But now it feels like we have got our Tottenham back. I feel more positive. It is easier to to have a chat. Although I was very jealous the other night because I'm at uni in Exeter and they knocked out Luton out of the Carabao Cup right in front of, like we could hear it. We could hear it at the ground. I thought, oh, I'd love to love Tottenham to get get that Carabao Cup trophy, get a league league cup. I think we could have done it under Postecoglou. And obviously, Man City got knocked out. We would have had a great chance if we got through against Fulham. But yeah, fair play to Exeter to get a great result against a Prem side. But that did make me feel yeah. very jealous uh, as a Spurs fan because I think we could have been up there. But hopefully, we've got obviously FA Cup hasn't started yet, and when that comes along, he's got to learn Postecoglou from that mistake that he made in the Carabao Cup. Um, hopefully he actually goes right full strength in FA Cup. We've got to go for it because it's literally that or nothing. We're not. I don't think we're going to win the Prem. I, obviously, I've seen a lot of stuff on 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 all sorts of like social media saying, "Can we do it? Can we?" Like all these funny tweets coming out, but I'm not sure we can. So I think we've got to throw it all at the FA Cup. That's that's my opinion now. With no no letting up on the FA Cup, no getting knocked out by Colchester, no getting knocked out by Sheffield United, etc we've got to go for it I, I think we could I think we can do it I honestly I've got a weird feeling that Postacoglu he, he's going to be the manager to win us a trophy he's done it he's mentioned the trophy word <laughs> over an hour in. he's done it he's done oh, it <laughs> I've really calmed down on using that word on this channel so far this season and uh, yeah you brought it you brought it over an hour in um, Matt let's start the uh Start the score predictions off with you. Tottenham v Liverpool on Saturday in the Premier League. Who is going to win this game? Oh, dear me. My head's telling me it could be a 2-2 draw, but I think I think we'll take the game to them. I'm going to go with 2-1 Tottenham. And I fancy Richarlison to get a goal as well. So, yeah, go for the win. We're overdue a win. We need some luck against them. We're in good, in good form. So are they. But we're at home and I think the fans can push them over the line. So 2-1 for me, Chris. Matt, when you think of this fixture, Spurs-Liverpool, either at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, White Hart Lane or Anfield, what's your favourite memories of this fixture? I think I'd probably go back to Klinsman and sharing them in the cup. I knew you were going to say that. It's got to be that for me. Um, yeah. Been some other games, obviously. I always remember the, the 4 0 at home when we had uh, Modric with that rocket, it was right behind that on the shelf. Now, the by all, I think for memory, that was his home debut. So, yeah, but I think for me, it's got to be Klinsman and Sheringham in the, in the cup. Great times. Yeah. Craig, yeah. what score prediction are you going with? I'm going to go with a deluded, probably Tottenham 3 2 win. I think there'll be a lot of goals in this game. I think it'll be end to end. I think we'll just have enough and the fans will get us over the line. But I think it's going to be a tight one. Um, if you're asking me my memories, again, that, that cup game was fantastic. I remember that vividly. Um, the, the, the game at Wembley, um, I thought that was mm. a cracking game, obviously because we won. Um, I oh, Wenyama's goal. Was it Wenyama? That was fantastic. We've had so many chances, even at Anfield, to, to nick the wins, haven't we? Harry Kane missed a penalty, I remember, once at Anfield and then scored in the last minute. I scored yeah, another one in the last game. game. Yeah. 
Yeah. Same yeah. game. Yeah. And like last year, even we've had our chances. We just what we've got to do, what we've got to start doing, and what has got to change is the results against the top six, if you like, the, the big yeah. clubs. That, that's the games we've got to start tackling and taking points away from. Because other than bizarrely Manchester City, as everyone will know, we, we just the Chelsea's, the Arsenal's, the Liverpool's, the United's, you know, it, it, it's a crazy, crazy stat in it. But that's when that is what we've got to start doing. So, yeah, three, two Tottenham. Do you know, I'm going to go four, three Tottenham. I think there's going to be goals. <laughs> Excellent. And uh, Eric Edmund, he scored a, a fantastic goal at Anfield. Um, Naeem scored a fantastic goal at White Hart Lane. I think that was the first Premier League season. Uh, we've, we've scored some great goals against Liverpool, actually, over the years. Mm. Josh, what are you going with? I agree with uh, Craig. I think it's going to be 3-2. That's what my, my heart's telling me. Lots of goals. Salah on the score sheet. And I think we're going to win it in the, in the 89th minute. I think we're going to get a late winner. We're going to punish them. Like they've punished us in the past. Hopefully, it's a bit of a, a reversal of fortunes game, uh, whether that be Richarlison or, or Sonny or whoever. But I think we'll. I think oh, I really. I would love to see us get over the line, and that that is what my heart's telling me. A three-two, um, and yeah, that'll be that'll be brilliant, Chris. And obviously, goal. Yeah, talking of memories, that Wanyama goal, and if I remember rightly, Carrier saved a Kane penalty. Um, <laughs> who obviously went on in his Liverpool career, kind of petered out. Uh, but that was a great game. And what a goal from Wanyama. And that 4-1 game at Wembley, amazing game. I remember I remember watching that. But yeah, the rest of them, I think they're a bit before my time. I'm a bit younger. <laughs> I'm a bit younger Tottenham fan. Um, yeah. But yeah, lots of bad memories playing Liverpool. Uh, I went up there to Anfield uh, when we got a 1-1 draw under Conte. That was quite a good I enjoyed that game. Um but my memory is full of university work. I can't remember exactly who scored in that game. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think we're going to get the win uh, and come on you Spurs. Matt, you like me, um, travel all over the country watching Tottenham. The amount of times you and I have been up to Liverpool and uh, yeah. and, see, and seen very little points come back. Uh, yeah. Overdue, I think so many. Last year, was that was a tough one to take. Dying seconds, you know, get you claw your way back to three three, yeah, and yeah, we know what happened then. Um, but then I, I remember going the Wayne Yama game. You touched it, great. That was a great game, and should have won that day. I think there was one game when we had the kind of when we were in that partial lockdown as well under Mourinho, and we were flying high at that point, and that undone us at the end. It's we just need a bit of luck. I think we've had rotten luck in this fixture. Um, so yeah, overdue. I think the fans will get right behind them tomorrow, definitely. And um, no excuses. We had the week to prepare. Hopefully, you know, we've got Madison back. He's going to be he's going to be starting. Um, and Basuma win that midfield battle and give it a go. Give it a go. Yeah, well said, Matt. Matt, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Uh, where can people find you on social media? On the Twitter handle there, yeah, MJ underscore THFC. So, yeah, feel free to follow me. Matt, thank you so much. And Craig, thanks right. for joining us again. What are you up to no. at the moment? Where can people find you? Just looking forward to Tottenham playing tomorrow and watching the ride a couple of the weekend. So, uh, yeah, it's a really good sporting weekend, as I say. If you want to follow me, that'd be great. At DM9 on, on X. That'd be lovely. But uh, thanks for having me on again, Chris. And come on, you Spurs. Thank you, Craig. And Josh, where can people find you? Are you, are you back on Twitter? Are you back on X yet? 
I've got to, I've got to sort it out. I've got like a temporary kind of thing, but I'm I'm going to create a proper account so people can find me off this and post more about Tottenham. Uh, but yeah, I'm. You can find me Josh Calm on on Instagram uh, if you're if you're really desperate to to, to to do a follow. But yeah, thank you very much for uh, for having me on, Chris. It's always good to have a chat and gets me fired up. I'm really excited now. Uh, it's been a busy week and lots of work, so it'll be hopefully. Some smiles when Tottenham when Tottenham play. Some nerves and some smiles. Obviously, I hope everyone has a good Absolutely. good time who goes and has a nice beer and enjoys the game. Uh, I've got too much work to, to do it at uni. Bit of a nightmare, but I, I, I am hoping to go up soon and hopefully see you all there. Yes, well, good luck with your uni work, Josh, and thanks so much for coming back on. Um, Craig, Josh and Matt, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for watching, everyone. Thanks for listening. And we will be back uh, Saturday evening after the Tottenham-Liverpool game, where hopefully Spurs have picked up another three points in the Premier League. And uh, we will go into that Luton game next week, unbeaten, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Anyway, here is to a good performance, three points, and uh, I'll see you on the next one. Until then, come on, you Spurs. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.